we'll get into our subject matter of today. You know, last week, do y'all remember what we talked about? It's okay. We talked about a story. The, the woman with the, the two cents, right? And the essence of the story and the kind of theme, this is kind of going to be one of our cultural things of our church. I want us to be a church that gives, that gives of our heart. I hope that's something you come here to do. You know, even on the sheet of paper that I gave you today, I asked you to think, what can you give? What can you give? Giving is hopefully something that we're constantly doing. And I think when a church, when the members stop giving, they start dying. You know, it's very easy to be passive and to fall asleep. But when you're giving, you're more full of life. Yes, this old man has passed out, right? Because, you know, I'm telling you, the, the more receptive we become and you're like, do something for me and so nothing happens, you're, and, you know, this is like a physical representation, I think, of an internal thing. I really want to encourage you. We have to be people that give. So the question this week that we're going to be dealing with is the question, uh, what is the best thing a believer can give this world? We are believers, and the question is, we have something to give to this world. Hopefully, what starts here impacts the world. You know, this is hopefully like, you know, I almost think of church like practice. Like, you know, for basketball practice, you come together, you work on things, and then the game was what really you're aiming towards. This is just a practice for us going out into the world. So what is it that we should be giving to this world? I'll say this, you know, the Sunday school student in me, what is the answer that we should say to this? Jesus, right? We all know the best thing I can give this world is Jesus, but I think he represents a lot of things. You know, he represents service. So should we be people that serve? You know, he represents hope. He's someone that gives us hope in the midst of life. He's someone that's love. You know, he represents a lot of things. So the question is real and it's true. What is the best thing a believer can give this world? And I want us to chat about that for a second before I get into the text for today. What is the best thing that we can give the world? You have, y'all have said your answer. Some people didn't come up with your own answer. My prayer is that we do this and we share this with the world, with those around us. So we'll look at the text for today. It's Psalms chapter 19, just four verses, and it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, and night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. So we're looking at this psalm today. And we're looking at this psalm, and let me just encourage you as we get into the text, my heart and my hope is that give. Give your attention as we're going through this together. So let's observe this first. What do y'all see in the text? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. What do y'all see in this? Okay, we can get into uh, what I had to share today. So the first thing that I want to under or look at is verse 4. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. What does it say? Let's all read it. One, two, three. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. 
So as Arlie was saying, we have inanimate objects, and we're saying their voice goes out into all the earth. What does that even mean? What does it mean that their voice? When I think of voice, I think of vocal cords, something coming out. Can you agree with me? Can you all agree with me on that? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's an interesting idea that I think we have, I, I have like a vocal cord. You can see like there's movement and voice. But I think in many ways we've cheapened what communication is. You know, words, we use words to communicate. Can you agree with me? But there's many ways we can communicate something. So what I want to encourage you, or what I see first from nature is, even without words, it communicates something. Let me, I'll kind of put this in plain language. So let's talk about husband-wife relationship. Say a husband walks around every day saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's one thing they can communicate. In vice versa, say the husband washes the dishes for the house. Can I ask you, which one do you think means more? <laughs> Some people talk fast, yes, right? <laughs> well, and I think both are needed in many ways, but I think we have become a people that are very cheap sometimes. It's so easy to say something. I can just, you know, get home, not even the only thing, I love you, wife. Right? It's easy just to say that, but to do that takes some work. Can you all agree with me? And nature, even without having to say a word, is communicating something. And I was reading about it, and it's so beautiful. Think about it. Nature, regardless of language, is communicating it. You know, I'm speaking English. Someone in you know, Taiwan is speaking Taiwanese, but they both look at the evening sunset, and it's communicating something to them. Isn't that powerful? So the first thing I realized is nature, nature's voice. The voice is the first thing I recognize. What is the voice proclaiming, though? Can I ask you? The voice is proclaiming the glory of God. Right? The heavens are declaring the glory of God. You know, we have cheapened who God is. He is glorious. It's sad that we can go a Sunday morning and be so irreverent in His presence. His glory is something we have never beheld. You look at Isaiah 6 and you see this. I, you know, honestly, I think when we see God for the first time, it'll be scary. I don't think we can even understand it. And the heavens are declaring His glory without even saying a word. You know, I brought a picture of the Grand Canyon. You know, pe people say, like, when you get there, it takes your breath away. Can you believe this was made? Look, like, what? You know what I mean? Like, you look and you just pause. Sorry if the picture quality is not very good, right? But you just look and pause and you're like, what? I remember when I went scuba diving on our honeymoon, me and Heps. So like I jump into the water and I'm like scared as I go in. I've been, I'm scared. Okay, I'm a scaredy cat. And I finally get over the fear and I start going down. Heps couldn't go down because her ears couldn't handle it. So I start going lower and lower. And I'm a little nervous because you're breathing through this machine on your mouth. And you're, I'm like, this thing pops out. I'm dead. And but, but I just keep breathing. I'm like, I'll trust it. Other people have done this. I'm just going to keep going further and further down. And I'm by myself because Hepsi's in the boat. 
and I'm going further and further, we get to, I think, 300 feet down in the water. Imagine, imagine going 300 feet up in the, on the sky, now going down 300 feet. It was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It was so clear. All of these fish, all the vibrant colors. And I'm thinking, this is just the beginning of who God is. If the Creator is bigger than that, how intimidating and scary is He? And guess what? Nature, without saying a word, proclaims that. Isn't that amazing? Nature does nothing. And the, you know the most powerful thing? You know what? Or uh, let me just add this in. You know, I think we as a people have lost this. We don't just sit and look at nature. You know, honestly, some of the, some of the times where I felt the closest to God was I think I was in my quarter-life crisis in my 20s. And I would just sit and look at the moon, and I would just think, what is life? And I would just stare. I would sit, take a chair in my backyard and just stare at the moon. And I would be like, wow, what is this life? There's something there shining light. Like, what is this? So let me just encourage you. Nature is speaking to us. Its voice is proclaiming the glory of God. Now, this gets me into the question, because you're like, what does this have to do with anything of today? Why are you even bringing this up? The question is, what is the best thing a believer can give this world to live the way that God has created them to live? Do you understand all nature does is it does what God created it to do. If you, without saying a word, would live like God created you to live, you shout the glory of God. You proclaim Him. You glorify Him just by doing what He needs you to do. The hard part is nature has no choice. The sun has to do what the sun has to do. The moon has to do what the moon has to do. But guess what for us? Guess what for us? We get a choice in the matter. You can choose whether to walk like God needs you to walk or not. To be engaged with that or not. And think about this. Think one morning if the moon, or I guess one evening, if the moon was to say, man, all you know what the moon is? A moon is just a reflection of the sun. So say the moon one morning is like, I don't like just being a reflection. I want to be like the sun. And the moon just decides to scoot away. <laughs> what would happen to human existence? You know, our tides are controlled by the moon. Light at night comes from the moon. Right? I want to encourage you, if you will just do what God has made you to do, you impact people. If you will just do what God has called you to do, you don't have to say any words. If you will just choose that, the impact that you can make, you are the greatest thing. Like, you understand, God, you are one of his handiwork. Like, just like he made the beautiful sunset, he made you. And you are so unique and so beautiful. And if you will just walk in that, you will proclaim the glory of God. I'll give you an example of this. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he did his best to share the news with everyone. Yet when he fulfilled what God needed him to do, 
there was a centurion there who said, do you all know what he said? Surely this was the Son of God. As he did what he was created to do, without even talking to him, the centurion knew who he was. You are proclaiming God when you do what you are created to do. Let me tell you this. Stop worrying about all the other things. You don't have to be super smart. You don't have to be super eloquent. All you have to do is to do what God has called of you. I'm going to say a story of this. I'll end with some homework. You know, um, and I've mentioned this story, but I'll say this one again. You know, the story, I have decided to follow Jesus. It comes from a, um, a tribe. So there was a missionary who came from England who went to India. You know, the writer of I Have Decided to Follow Jesus was actually a writer from a, tri a tribal man in India. And this Englishman went to try to convert a village of people. They were actually headhunters. So he was a little scared, but he still went anyways. And he was able to convert one family. One family is all he got. And so he did his duty, and then I believe he left. And so that family, so convicted by God, went around and shared Jesus with everyone. And everyone in the village started believing Jesus. And so the tribal leader does not like that because, you know, you can subjugate people a lot more when, they, when they're just listening. When they're not smart or they're not thinking, right, you can subjugate them more. So the leader didn't like that. So he went to this family and said, you need to stop believing in Jesus or proclaiming Jesus or we'll have to take your life. And the man said, I can't, I'm not going to deny Jesus. He said, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And so then they kill his children first. They, take, they had arrows lined up, and they shot the children, both of them. So as his children are dying, they ask him, you can still save yourself, you and your wife, you can have more kids. And so the man said, so they, they lined the arrow up at the wife. And he said, though none go with me, still I will follow. And so they shot the arrow at the, at the woman, and she died. And then they look at him and said, you still can save your life as she's dying, as his family is dying in front of him. And he said, the cross before me, the world behind me. These are the declarations he's making as he's going through this. So they, did, they shoot the arrow at him, and he dies as well. And you would think, what a terrible story. Like, you know, you would think at some point the angels come down, block all of the arrows, and kill all the tribal people, right? But they did what God needed of their life. This is what I want to encourage you. You have to become aware of what does God need from me. That's all you have to do. Stop comparing to anybody else. Just do what he needs. And sometimes that will be hard. You see, these people had to give up their life. Well, after this, the tribal leader looks at the family and says, how could this man 2,000 years ago make such an impact today? He said, I want to give my life to this Jesus. And so the tribal leader and the rest of the tribe comes to know the Lord. A family was willing to give up their life to do what God needed of them. And God was glorified. They didn't have to preach a message. They didn't have to do anything profound. All they did was what God needed of them. And my challenge to you today is this. Are you engaged with that? 
Are you engaged with doing what God needs of you? As hard as it might be, as difficult as it might look, are you engaged with it? Because if you do, your voice will proclaim the glory of God. Even without you opening your mouth, your voice will proclaim it. You know, I always talk about there's a general will of God and there's a specific will of God. I want us to get closer to the specific will. But you'll never get to the specific will unless you're doing the general will. He's already told you things to do. You don't have to ask him. Loving people, being kind, treating your enemy nice. Those are all things he's already told you to do. Do that every day. Like if you really are interested in living this life that God has and giving the world something of value, do that. Because the world is not doing that. But then as you do that, you'll learn one thing. There is a specific thing he needs from each of us. Like he has made you too unique for you to be normal. He has made you so special. Your hand, his handiwork is on you. So you got to be thinking about who he is and how he's made you. And as you do that, let me encourage you, There is God is so glorified. The world may not even see it, but God is so glorified when you do the thing that he's made you to do. So engage with this. Think about these things. As I come back to the original question, well, I, I gave a challenge. Be intentional to do what God needs of you, of your life. And so the question of the week is, what is the best thing a believer can give this world? What did we say? To live the way God has created you to live. To do the things he has called you to do. And just like nature shouts out his praise, nonstop, you will shout out his praise. But where nature and us differ is this, you get a choice. You get a choice on Monday through Friday if you're engaging with the idea of, am I doing what God needs or am I doing what I need? I think that's where the contrast will be. Many times it's what stops us from doing what God needs is, I'm just thinking about what I need. And if you will slow yourself and say, God, what do you need of me? Man, your life can be an impact for many. We're going to get into a time of the Lord's table very quick. As always, I really do appreciate you guys being with me and, and continuing to engage. You can come up. Okay, so just we'll take a second and reflect and we'll think about these things. You know, the greatest thing, we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. The greatest thing that we can do as believers is to look like Jesus. You know, when I say this, say to do what Jesus or what God needs of us, Jesus was the image of doing what God needed. Every day he woke up early to hear from God, God, what do you need of me? So even as you partake of this, don't partake cheaply. Partake believing that, man, my duty is to be like Jesus. I want to partake of his cross and I want to partake of his blood so that as I partake, I'll do the same. I give up my life and my will for his life and his will. And that's our responsibility together. And as always, we appreciate you guys coming. Thank you guys for being a part of us together. Our prayer is that week by week, we continue to look more and more like Jesus.
that people stop seeing us and they start seeing Jesus inside of our life more.